Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Rick Hackman. Welcome one and all. It's good to be here, David. Hi, David. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit of our hearts to help us break open the bread of life. So Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Dear God, Father in heaven, thank you for the gift of this day, the gift of this moment. Uh, you want us to focus in and be with you moment by moment. Uh, what you have for us is for this moment. So please, uh, Lord, send, send forth your Holy Spirit and spirit of love and courage and wisdom and understanding. Uh, help our prayer to be that of, uh, of Solomon's, that, that we just pray for wisdom and understanding, that we could be the husbands and fathers and, and wives and mothers and sons and daughters that we're called to be, that the people that are, uh, that are in our care uh, we will have the wisdom and understanding to uh, to lead them to you, Lord. So we pray for that now. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Okay. Again, from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. The crowds heard of this and followed him on foot from their towns. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, and he cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it's already late. Dismiss the crowds so that they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, There's no need for them to go away. Give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, Five loaves and two fish are all that we have here. Then he said, Bring them here to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up the fragments left over, twelve wicker baskets full. Those who ate were about five thousand men, not counting women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, Rob, the Lord keeps working on me as, I, as we were reading the first sentence. When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. And what the Lord keeps working on me, I'm telling you, three times this past two weeks, is to never, ever react, but always respond with love. I mean, Jesus heard of what happened to John the Baptist, that he was beheaded, that he died. He could have been angry. He could have complained. He could have said, let's go do this. Let's go do that. But what does Jesus show us? 
He shows us he went away to a deserted place. He went to spend quiet time with the Father, to let and help the Father, help him process this tragic event in his life. Too many times, Rob, I, I, I let my flesh rise up and I, I react and I hurt people. Even though maybe I'm justified, as Jesus could have been justified, say this is wrong what they did. When you go to the Father, He helps you process it. You know, the Lord, the Lord keeps wanting me to come to Him and just get it out on Him. He can take it. And then, once I get it out on Him and He helps me process it, I'm calm when I talk to other people, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking questions. And I'm, I'm a different person. So, I, I mean, that really stuck out at me when we just read that, is when we hear of things that happen, disappointments, tragedies, whatever, what do we do? And I love this. Go away to a deserted place by himself and spend quiet time with the Father and let the Father help us process what has happened. Because when we react and we, and I use the word, you know, vomit all over everybody with our emotions, it hurts and it, it, it really does no good in, in what's happening. Yeah. And I recently listened to something where the, the priest that was giving this, this talk said, adoration is practice for heaven. Adoration is practice for heaven, that, that we're sitting in, in Jesus' presence, we're adoring him, worshiping him, loving him, and we're practicing for heaven. So, David, as you're saying, with, you know, withdrawing in a deserted place, um, unfortunately, oftentimes, an adoration chapel is, is deserted. Uh, you walk in there and you feel sad sometimes that, that Jesus doesn't have more company, but you know, uh, he calls us there, and, and, it, and it is practice for heaven. What better place could we take some of these situations, because especially you know, what you're talking about in, in relationships, I just went through something where um, something within the family, uh, a, a relationship struggle was happening, and uh, and I thought I had processed it enough, and I was going to focus on the one situation, and even you know the counsel of my wife said just focus on the one thing, don't don't go off into the tangents, and and it it didn't it didn't go as well as I would have liked, and it very quickly went from the one situation that we needed to talk about into things that happened last year or two years ago. Or, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I processed it enough, uh, with our Lord cause, uh, you know, emotions kind of led, led the charge and, and there was opportunity for the, for the bait of Satan offense to, you know, to be gobbled up by yep. both me and, and the other person, you know, we're, we're, I think we both took offense and, and, and it, it just, uh, it, it 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 didn't go well, so I need to withdraw. I need to withdraw and 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 go to Jesus more often, uh, not just in times when when there's things going wrong, but to be filled. So we're so filled with Jesus and His presence in us um, that when that when we encounter this, he, we're already full with yes. Him. We're overflowing. Um, so I think too often I wait until I'm depleted, and then and then get filled up. Yep, because when we're not filled up, there's a half a tank that's us and a half a tank that's the yeah. Lord. And typically what comes out at those moments is a half a tank that's yeah. me. And that's never a good thing. Then the next sentence really touched me also. Because when Jesus saw the vast crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them. And I bring this forward to today, too, because as we look around and people come into our lives, do we truly have pity for where they're at, to their situation, their life situation, to whatever's going on in their life? And is our heart truly moved? And then are we open to be those vessels of God's love to that person, to just sit and have quiet time with them? I mean, I just, I got a prompting the other day to go visit one of my friends who's in a hospice care right now. 
um, who has ALS. And boom, I need to take my the time and do it. The greatest gift that we can give is not money. It's the gift of our time because we can never buy it back. And what is that going to mean to him? To just go and sit with him and be with him. You know, Jesus tells the crowd, sit down and then move with pity. He feeds them. So that feeding is also spiritual feeding. We can feed them that which lives within us, which is Christ. So for me, just going and being there and being that shoulder to cry on or to share stories, that's the greatest gift I can do. And that is when we truly enflesh the Word of God and we become Christ to that person. We really do. There's something, though, that I see that even makes this a stronger statement, David. He was withdrawing to a deserted place to grieve and to mourn the loss of John the Baptist. I mean, this wasn't only his cousin, a family member, but this was the man who was there as his ministry began. I mean, he was, he was the first one to publicly recognize Jesus and who he is. Um, you know, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So this was, John was a very important man in Jesus' early ministry. So he, he wanted this time to grieve and to mourn his loss on his own. But he never got the chance to do that. He, when, as he disembarked, he saw the crowds, and he had pity on them. And he sacrificed his own, his own time, his own right to mourn the loss of this friend and family member in order to take care of those in the crowd. He cured their sick, and he fed them. Um, so often we get tied up in what our rights are, and I need to do this for myself before I do something for somebody else. But we're called to lay down our life for our friends. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we think of that as taking a bullet for somebody or jumping in front of a truck and pushing them out of the way. You know, we actually lay down our entire life. But as we, as we sacrifice those little portions of our own rights and our own time to help other people, that's laying down our lives. And this is an example here for us as Jesus does this for the crowds uh, in sacrificing his time to grieve and mourn to help them and giving up himself for them. That's a great point, Rick. And too many times we have our busy agendas or an agenda that's all about me, myself, and I, which is the cycle of death, and we miss the divine appointments. You know what? Whenever we actually see them, just cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't have the strength that you do. Help me. And I'm telling you, every time I do that, the Lord fills me, and it's an amazing interaction that occurs. But when I get caught up in my me, myself, and I, boy, I have a terrible day. I don't do very well that day because I'm not seeing those divine appointments. It can, can happen at the corner store. It can happen at the grocery store. It can happen in the home. It can happen at work. They happen all the time. God is choosing, just like here. Jesus doesn't fix it. He doesn't get all the food and say, now let me feed them. No, he gives it to the disciples and said, you feed them. Well, that's the same thing that's happening now. He wants to be given as food, living bread to other people in the world. So as we fill up with Christ, as we go to Mass and we fill up in the Word, both, both the flesh and the Word, we then take Christ to those people and we give him to them. We feed them spiritually. God chooses to use us in his great plan of salvation of souls. My goodness gracious, that's amazing. Every day, I think he wants to use us. 
every day to feed the hungry. I believe it. Absolutely. And, and this past week, we celebrated the feast of, of St. Martha. And uh, my, my grandmom was, uh, was named Martha, and we had such a great relationship. And, and I sat next to that, that, that day at Mass. I sat next to a friend of mine, Jim, and his wife, Maria. Uh, it was that day that she was doing an Eight for Friends, um, friends cooking. So talking about multiplying loaves and fish, you know, eight friends provides meals for shut-ins. And, uh, and you know, we, we listened to the gospel and beautiful homily. And I turned to my friend Jim. I said, I said Maria is getting a chance to do both, Martha and Mary, because she was a Eucharistic minister that day at Mass. I said, look at her. I said, she's up there, you know, right, right near the altar. She's at the feet of Jesus. And then right after Mass, she's going to lead the charge of, uh, of doing this cooking. Right, multiplying loaves and fishes for for the, for aid for friends, um, so it uh, it was just a beautiful example of of God just providing these opportunities not to do either or but both and He wants us to to sit at His feet and and serve. Um, but this, that word pity, David, you mentioned pity. A lot of times, I think pity gets a a bad rap, like a pity party. And you know, I think when you know, you're looking at yourself and you feel like sometimes that that pity is inward. It's bad, but but Jesus style pity. It's you know, it's compassion. It's mercy, and I think if we if we have a ministry of giving, a mission of giving the other the benefit of the doubt, that they might have been going through just a really bad day. Um, I'm reading a book where a mom taught her daughter. Uh, I'm not sure if I shared the story before, but a mom taught her daughter a lesson. The daughter went in and went to a deli. And the and the clerk behind the counter just you know was really uh, really short with her and just you know wasn't very pleasant. And the the daughter comes back in the car and is like, "Geez, you know, that woman is really rude." And she's, "Oh, the woman in there, yeah, she's just finishing a double shift, and after the double shift's over, she's gonna go to the hospital and sit by her you know bedside of her dying child." And the daughter said, "Wow, mom, how do you? I, I didn't know you knew her. You know, how, how do you feel? Oh, I feel really bad. Do you know her, mom?" No, but imagine if that is true. Why can't we treat her as if it is? Right. Right. That that if we have this mission that we're giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, that that we just don't know. We don't know what's going on in their lives. And if we don't, then we're gonna take the bait of being offended all all the time. So it's 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 really the antidote of of you know, of that bait of Satan offense, that if we give everybody the benefit benefit of the doubt that there might be something going on in their lives and then we have this beautiful pity. For the other, that compassion, that mercy, yes. that wow, man, there must there must be something going on, and then we we treat them with that extra love, that extra smile, uh, just you know, giving them that benefit of the doubt that there might be something really crazy going on. Yes, and that 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 heart is having the heart of Christ that's living within us, and then if we don't and we're not moved with pity, you know what, we're probably off the track and out of alignment. We need a, <laughs> a refueling station. And that just happened this this past week at Mass, David. I, I had somewhere to go. After Mass, I forget what day it was, and the priest was moving really slow. I mean, he was, it, it was like he was gliding. I mean, that's how slow he was moving. It, like, nothing was going on. I was getting really anxious, and, and I was like, ah, come on, Father. And then afterwards, he starts, you know, after the blessing, he's, or before the blessing, he's, you know, talking some more, and finally he leads to this thank you to, it wasn't my church, I was never been there before, leads to a thank you to his congregation. Thank you for being here, supporting me. I'm finally going to go get the testing that I need this week. I'm going to get an endoscopy and a colonoscopy, and and you know hopefully they find something that's you know treatable but not too bad. And here, I'm like, all right, come on. And here he's like moving so slowly because he's he's suffering. Wow. And in his suffering, you know he's still offering mass for us, and and 
you know, probably each step, each movement, he was probably in pain, but he was, he was doing that here. I'm, I'm like, all right, come on, come on, come on, let's go. I got, I got, I got somewhere to go. Instead of having that pity and assuming that something was going on and that he had something and, you know, just praying for him. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and I love, I love the disciples here too. They, uh, the Lord says, uh, give us some food yourselves. And it sounds just like me. And right away we justify, well, we can't do that. Oh, Lord, we only have five loaves and two fishes. That's all we have here. But we have the greatest thing that we could possibly have, and that is Jesus Christ. So what does he say? He says, bring it to me. So whatever the Lord is asking us to do, take it to the Lord. Say, Lord, help me. You're the one that wants to feed. You're the one that wants to go visit. You're the one that wants to heal. Take it to him. Then what does he do? I love this. He looks up to heaven because he realizes that everything that he has— Everything that we have is a gift from God that we're to use to help others. So he looks up to heaven, and then what's he do? He says the blessing. He thanks God for this gift of gifts of the bread and the fish, and then he breaks it. He's going to share it with others, but then he doesn't do it himself. He gives it back to the disciples and says, you feed them. You feed them. And it's amazing. When we give it to the Lord and he blesses it, we not only have enough to feed or do whatever we're supposed to do, but there's all this left over. And it says here they picked up 12 wicker baskets full of fragments that were left over. And I kept thinking of my spiritual director. You know, I said, how do you do it, Monsignor? He's 87 years old. I said, how do you do it? He said, well, David, what I do is, he said, I get three hours of sleep a night. He travels all over the world, gives direction to, to nuns and priests and bishops. And he says, uh, he says, so I get three hours of sleep a night. He said, but I pray to the Lord. And I said, Lord, For every hour of sleep that I take, give me three hours of sleep. And so what he does is he gets three hours of sleep multiplied by three hours of sleep. He gets nine hours of sleep. The man, is he he doesn't stop. So I'm like, wow. But you see, the Lord invites us to ask, to seek, to knock. Don't stop knocking. Don't stop asking. If it's for others, if it's for the building of the kingdom, and for our benefit and others, the Lord will grant our, grant our prayers. Just go to him. Ask. But take, take, this, take this into uh, our own lives in a very practical way, even beyond what you're saying there, David. Um, the Lord gave the disciples a task, and he gives us tasks all the time. Yeah, I'd like, you know, I want you to do this or do that, whatever it is. And what is provided that we perceive is provided we say, it's not enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not outgoing enough. I'm not, you know, I don't have enough education. I don't have whatever it is. I don't have enough. But even this little bit that the disciples had was more than enough because, like you said, they gathered up 12 basketfuls. It was so much more than they needed to feed this 5,000-plus crowd because the Lord had his hand in it. And so as we, as we feel led, we're, you know, we're given things to do by, by the Lord. We feel we don't have enough. Let him uh, multiply it. Let him, whatever it is, our energy, our money, our time, our whatever it is, we don't think we have enough of. It's more than enough if the direction is from God. That's awesome, Rick. And, and, and just praying for energy just reminds me, uh, you know, Matthew Kelly always, you know, in, in, in a lot of his work, he'll say, we all have 24 hours in a day, right? So we all have the same amount of time. 
you know, that he prays for energy, right? And, and just you saying that word just makes me think of, of hearing it first when I, when I listened to one of his talks. And it's such a beautiful prayer. I mean, what? Because energy, not for me, but for to help build your kingdom, right? Uh, so thank you for that reminder that, Lord, please, more energy, more energy, so that every waking moment could be full of love and zeal and, and um, you know, and, and just a mission, right, just to be out there. And what, what gives me a lot of consolation as well in this reading is Jesus's, I just wrote a note down, Jesus's human heart, that his human heart felt everything and experienced everything that we feel or experience except sin, right? So he felt loneliness. He felt anxiety. He felt, he felt, you know, grief. He felt, you know, his belly hungry, right? You know, because he came from a poor family. So I'm sure there were some times where, you know, there wasn't a lot of food on the stove uh, or, or the, the open fire. Um, so he felt everything. He experienced everything. And right? by so, the end, he felt sin as well. Yeah. The difference is it was your sin my and sin, my sin, yeah. not his own. Mm. So he experienced even that. So as he's in heaven, uh, he even knows the, the feeling of, of that sin. The, the weight of it, yeah. yeah. Um, so what a consolation that is just alone, that, that, that his human heart, um, we can chat with him, right? Yeah, that we can go to him with anything. Um, you know, you, you, Dave, you mentioned your spiritual director, and, and you, know, you, you gave us at Stewardship a blessing to, to have retreats with him. And uh, he and, and sister, the, the, the dynamic duo of, uh, of uh, father and sister, it's awesome. They, uh, they talk about prayer, and a lot of times we hear prayer like ACTS, Acts, Adoration, Contrition, Thanksgiving, Supplication. But they have R, A-R-R-R, uh, where you, one of the R's is um, you know, that, you, that you reflect, how do you feel? Just tell God how you feel right now. You know, just let him know. Like, don't, don't do all, just like, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. And just receive. You know, just sit there and, and just receive what he has to give you. Uh, oh, no, A, the acknowledge. The A is acknowledge. Acknowledge how you feel right in the present moment. So when you start prayer, you're, you're coming from whatever situation. So you, you have that, some kind of feeling, some kind of emotion going on. Let him know. Acknowledge how you feel. And then reflect on that and respond. Um, but it puts you in less of the talking there, the ACTS that we, a lot of us have learned, adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, supplication. We're doing all the talking in that prayer where A-R-R-R, you know, there's that acknowledgement, and then we're in receiving mode, listening mode, receiving. Uh, yeah, so he, he's, he's felt it. Whatever emotion we're feeling, he's felt it. He's, he's, he, he lived through it, so we can take anything. Yeah. And, you know, too many times fear or or a thought that we're bothering God when we cry out to him, stop us from asking the Father. I know for me, last Wednesday, there was no way I could humanly, physically get through all I had to get through. So I said, Lord, I don't have the strength. I can't do this, but you can. And when I surrendered last Wednesday, everything I wanted to get accomplished and then some, it all happened. It all happened because I asked for the Lord's help. And that's so important in our lives to continually cry out to the Lord and ask him to help us in all these situations. Um, Just yesterday, uh, I got back on watching TV and and I just clicked through the channels. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't want to waste the gift of time. Will you help me today to fast one day, imagine that, from TV? And I need to get all this work done. Can you help me, Lord? 
I'm going to tell you what, by the end of the day last night, I started at 4.30 in the morning, got done at 9 last night. What got accomplished is impossible, but it all got done. All the bookwork, all the letters that needed written. I had time with the children. It was amazing. At 9 o'clock, I went to bed. I said, I said, Father, this was amazing that all this work got done. Well, the first clue is I didn't waste probably three hours of that day clicking through channels, so that was a big bonus. And I said, Father, do you mind if I watch just a little bit of TV before I go to sleep? And I, I heard in my voice, sure, absolutely. I turned the TV on. I couldn't tell you one thing that was on it. I immediately <laughs> fell asleep to the next morning. It was hysterical. But God has such a sense of humor, and he wants us to ask. He's our Father. And so it's amazing when we do that, and he helps us to accomplish all that he does. And was it, was it Snickers that had the Snickers is satisfying? Was that, was that their, their jingle, Snickers satisfies? Yeah, so, yes, so I, I'm, I'm thinking of sat, you know, the word satisfied, and I was like, uh, I, was, I was trying to remember what, what the commercial was, but Jesus satisfies, right? So here, Jesus yeah. satisfied body and soul, right? right? He satisfied, the, you know, cured the sick, fed their bellies, right? So he satisfied the body, and then he satisfied the soul. So Jesus is satisfying, right? We don't need to go anywhere else. Jesus satisfies our hunger, both our, our physical and spiritual hunger. Yes. Every day he wants to satisfy. And sometimes it's, it's like the most unlikely of cases, and he'll satisfy you know, all of our needs. It's yes. beautiful. I wrote down that you know, what amazes me in this whole reading you know, is the fact that God chooses to use us, that we're the hands of Christ to feed the hungry. We're the feet of Christ to go visit those you know, who are sick. You know, we're the eyes of Christ to see opportunities to be a blessing to others every day. And we're the heart of Christ, always called to respond with his love. It just amazes me, Rob, when I was just writing this down. I'm like, wow, that God chooses to use us, knuckleheads like us, to bring uh, him in himself, Jesus, into the world. It's beautiful. It's a divine, a divine appointment that I am honored to be part of. And would you mind if we close with uh, Jesus' prayer for unity? No, go for it, as we, uh, As we... Bask in, in, his, in his goodness. Uh, he wants us to be one. Uh, this is from John 17. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may be one as, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you love me. Thank you, Rod. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website 
or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.